Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. The title of my message is Gain Through Loss. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a post-Thanksgiving message, by the way, to motivate you to lose weight. Uh, although, <laughs> that's a pretty good phrase, isn't it? Gain through loss. Wow. Here at Whitefields, we not only take care of your spiritual health, but physical health as well. <laughs> gain through loss. That's good. You do gain a lot when you lose weight, right? And other things. So, But we are um, talking about other aspect of the spiritual things, right? We're, uh, I like to say we're in an upside-down kingdom. Everything in the scripture, what it says to us most of the time is contrary to what is being preached in this world, what is told into this world. First will become uh, last, last will become first. To, to gain, you have to lose. And I want to talk a little bit more about that because God is preparing us to continue to minister. And Christmas lands on Sunday, okay? And this is sometimes like... a Pastor Mark and I, you've heard us say this before, um, there's uh, Christers out there, right? They show up for Christmas and Easter. This is a perfect opportunity for us to minister, to bring somebody to church. Um, you'd be surprised. The person that you would least expect could be moved and touched by the Word of God. It's because of His Word, right? It's not our words, but it's His Word that comes alive and it can transform their lives. And I want us to get really excited about reaping the harvest because... If we're not talking about it, if we're not talking about what God has done, even like just inviting them to uh, just a community of believers, we're not going to see any harvest, right? So we have to do something about it. And I believe God is setting us up for this. So, amen. The life that Jesus has given us, it's something to be worth talked about. I, I mean, and so there's something that happens, something so special that when I begin to talk about what God has done in my life. Did you notice that? All of a sudden, you get all motivated, and you're like, the evangelist in you comes out. All of a sudden, you're like reflecting back on all those good things where it was like, you know, Lord, that was you. And you come alive. And this is what Christianity is missing nowadays, because we're just getting in the comfortable zone. And Satan's good with that. He just, he's all right as long as we're sitting comfortably and not talking to anybody. Keep it silent. If you're going to pray at the restaurant, make sure you go, Heavenly Lord, there's me. Like, no, this is the name of the Lord, a strong tower, right? <laughs> yeah, lift up the name of the Lord. But if you are, make sure you tip well, too, because you're not preaching the gospel really well. If you're, uh, uh, you show up and you pray and you smile and everything, but you don't bless others. Because, and I encourage, you know, as a pastor, I can motivate you guys. Uh, tip well, because this is the time to bless others. And it's not just now, because it's these, a lot of these little things that we do that are actually huge in the kingdom of God. All right, it's um, you think it's not a big deal that I pray with kids for a few minutes before bed, but it is a big deal. It's very much big deal because everything kingdom of God is compared to little things. He, he takes a, a mustard seed. Jesus says, "This is what the kingdom of God is like." It's the little things that we do. It's the little words of life that we speak to people that can change their lives around. Amen. So I want us to get excited for this and continue now. Let's not wait until beginning of January. I'm going to start telling people about Jesus. Make it your, make it your lifestyle. Uh, you get used to it just like with any other things. If, and if you're shy, I promise you, you won't believe this, but I was the shyest kid in school. 
And when I got to high school, and all of a sudden there were these kids that were a lot louder and confident, and they started talking, and our teachers would allow us to talk openly when it came to social things and things like that. And then I was just hearing all this, just stuff that's contrary to the Word of God. And I just sat there, and I'm like, I can't do this. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's talking back. And something within me uh, woke up, and I began, I said, no, that is wrong. I, we serve a mighty God that can do this. And I remember also in biology class when we were talking about evolution. The teacher was cool by allowing us, giving us a free um, opportunity to just chat it out with each other. Atheists against, you know, Christians, whatever. He just said, hey, come with facts and we'll give everybody fair time and stuff like that. And uh, I was surprised because all of a sudden, you know, kids at first were like some of these kids that don't believe in God. They started talking first. They were being pretty, you know, bold about it and things like that. And I could see a couple of believers across the room sitting there like, oh. <laughs> There's something within them that's revving up. Like, I'm going to speak. Because the thing is, the truth is what sets, uh, sets people free, right? It's not your words. It's, we, we continued. Sakina talked about it. It's the, the words of the Father. Jesus himself says, it's, I, it's not anything that I said. I speak the words of the Father, right? So God stands behind the word. You don't need to worry about defending it. You just speak it. God says, go and make disciples of all nations, right? But a lot of times we think of nations out there, but it's really right here next to us. God is like right here and is like, I want you to serve where you're at, <laughs> right? Who would have thought that Samuel serving under Eli was being a servant, right? And it says the word of God was rare during that time. He was there just serving, minding his purpose. You would think a little, little fella, and then God starts speaking to him. Uh, and he's like, he keeps running back and forth to Eli. He's like, did you call me? He's like, no, go back to sleep. And he just goes back and forth. And finally, Eli realizes, like, hey, that's God speaking, right? And it was a terrible time for Israel because even Eli's own son were just doing bad things in the temple. There was like, word of God was rare. But it took one person obedient, being listening to the word of God, and it transformed. Because we're reading like seven chapters later, it says, word of Samuel. Word of Samuel came to all of Israel. And God wanted to point that out. I never thought about it until like just recently. Um, it says, word of God. You, you would have thought that you said, word of God came to all Israel. Word of Samuel. God is making emphasis on you. Your lips, meaning you begin speaking life, right? He, he has given us the kingdom, uh, the keys to the kingdom. And he says, there you are, you have it. You have all the authority. And I'm giving it to you. By the way, uh, last weekend, me, Larissa, and Alita, we went to uh, the Chosen season uh, three beginning. The first two seasons, out. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> Let me just say it's amazing. Um, it gets to the point uh, where they begin to understand when Jesus is like, okay, you now are all going to go, and guess what? You're going to lay hands on the sick, and you're going to uh, cast out demons, and they're like, what? <laughs> Jesus, that part about healing people and casting demons, can you repeat that again? They have like, it's hard for them to believe. And Jesus says, yes, you guys, you will go out to all these. I'm going to send you out two by twos. And it's so amazing to see that. They're like, absolutely like us? He's like, if I wanted, you know, I, it's like, I chose you. I mean, and he looks at Peter and kind of laughed to everybody. I was like, if I could choose Peter, like, <laughs> you guys will be all right. So I want us to get really excited for this season because it's time to reap the harvest. People are just dying out there, and they just need somebody to tell them that God loves them. And not only that, your action, you being able to pay for somebody, I don't know, behind you. If, if you're in a, 
Be aware of the situation. God gives you those opportunities. Like not long ago, I've mentioned that, but in case those that didn't hear, didn't hear it, I was like pumping my gas and I see this gal pull up on the minivan. And I'm like, this was a few weeks back and uh, fuel prices are expensive, right? So, <laughs> but anyways, and I see her like making sure she like gets to like, like $10 and I can pretty, I see pretty good because I'm like right behind her there fueling up. And then I see her put, putting it back and getting in the car. And it's like minivan. I was like, that's a mom for sure. Either way. But I had a prompting, like, I'm going to pay for her. So, and I just jumped out. I'm like, hey, excuse me. She kind of freaked out at first. I'm like, hey, I just want to, yeah, let me do this for you. And I put my card and I fill up her tank. And you could just see, like, the tears welling up in her eyes. Like, like the things that we do, these little things are not, they could be so huge. And I say, I just want to tell you, God bless you. All right, you know, <laughs> and thank you so much just, uh, you know, for being here. I don't know what I said at that moment after that, but I just know how happy I felt when I did that. Ah, anyways, I got all excited, so let's get back into the Word of God. But anyways, when Jesus is in us, there's something within us that just won't let us just sit there like, oh, man, that person sucks. Like, well, guess what? <laughs> we all sucked at one point. We all, kill, you know, frustrated other people. We did some things that we're not proud of, but God turned it around. Yeah, he did. He did it in my life. If he did it in my life, guys, he... Trust me, you can do it in your life. <laughs> so, um, anyways, but we can't get the life of God in us right through our own efforts. Can you, we all admit that? All this is not in our own efforts. It's all from him, right? It's, it's, by, it's a gift. It's truly a supernatural thing that takes place when God get, uh, comes into our life. And, uh, and then all the benefits that we gain from the salvation don't just happen through our good efforts, right? It's just God does that work in our lives. As we continue to grow in him, we start seeing his hand. And uh, I talked about it a few times also. Lately, I've been just stuck in this passage. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. If you invite God in the most littlest things. Yes, talking about praying for the well. <laughs> it looks silly. Well, I'm like, it needs to be fixed. But who would have thought that here it is. The Lord is like, hey, I want to bless you with a new well pump. <laughs> you know, things like that. And in all of your ways. And me and Michael, <laughs> we uh, me and my wife and the Michael and Colsey, we, we, we went on a double date to Alaska Nordic Spa. Anyways, to Alaska Resort. And we're like, the, the place is packed. And then the parking space, like, there's no parking space. If, and we drove once and we're like, oh, there's no parking space. So we pull up to the front again and um, leave our bags, our wives. And then we're like, we're going to. And they said, hey, there's a other backflow parking lot in the way back area. But, you know, you can go there. And we're like, and I can see Michael. Like, there's something like, we should go through it one more time. And, like, we're not talking, but in ourselves, we're like, I bet God's going to show us a little favor. You know, a little thing like that. <laughs> this is very cold outside. And uh, so we loop around. We're like, one parking spot, the closest one, when, when you get out, we're like, Psh. Michael's like, I knew it. I asked God about it. And he just, he, I felt it. I felt that God told me to, for us to loop around again. I was like, I know. Isn't that great? It sounds silly, but the reality is this. If you ask God in all of your ways, in every little things that you do, just watch what God will do through you. Watch what, how he will direct your path. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what happened there, right? So God loves that because we're asking for direction and guidance in all things. Right, amen? All right. <laughs> but I'm going to do a rapid fire here and give you several scriptures about why God tells you to talk about it, right, wherever you're at. Let's start out with, because uh, he commands us to go and it's like, hey, if I did this for you, you need to go tell. You need to go tell others. 
Now, in Scripture, I noticed, oftentimes Jesus was like, hey, um, don't tell anybody. Part of me thinks that's strategic. <laughs> I almost feel like Jesus knows when you tell, like, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Like, people are going to go talk about it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe there's times where Jesus was like, not yet. You know, I don't want too much pressure and stuff like that. Whatever it may be, God, Jesus knew what he was doing. But I love that he says, hey, don't talk about it, you know. But other times he says, go and tell others, right? We talked about the, uh, a person who had like, many demons within him, right? God sets him free and he says, no, 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 you don't go with me. You go and you tell what God has done in your life, right? A lot of times that's what happens. Uh, God is, uh, wants to you to go and talk about it. Uh, I'm going to give you some, some Psalms and Matthew, Mark, Luke here. First one, Matthew chapter 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Again, he's commanding us to talk about it. And behold, and I love that this reassures you. <laughs> That's his words. You got nothing to be afraid of. And behold, I'm with you always to the ends of the age. It's like, don't worry about it. I got you. I'm with you. And you don't need to worry about defending and like, what if somebody asked me this question? I promise you there's a, even scripture talks about in those days, you don't have to worry about what to say because the Holy Spirit within you will be talking, right? Telling you what to say. Come on. Psalm, uh, let's go to Psalm 66, verse 16. Come and hear all you who fear God and I will tell what he has done for my soul. Oh, how many, anybody here have something to be thankful for that God did in their soul? Come on, lift up your hand. Say, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Psalm 71, 15 through 16. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. Yeah. Oh, man, sometimes I start talking about God and getting into it. I start remembering things that I forgot, and they're so amazing, and it's so good to remind yourself about that. With the mighty deeds of the Lord... God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. Again, it's not about us. It's about his. It's what he did in our lives, right? Mark chapter 5, verse 19. And he did not permit him, but he said to him, which I mentioned, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he had, has had mercy on you. Now, we all know, and I like to repeat that again, um, he went and says he preached to the Decapolis, right? That's the 10 cities. And then we're seeing like multitudes. We're seeing that the feeding of the 5,000 happens just shortly down in history, right there. And because, but we don't hear about this fellow anymore. But it doesn't matter, right? What he did, I'm pretty sure is connected to all those people showing up what God has done, right? And then he feeds the multitude from like nothing, like uh, three loaves, three loaves, two bread. Sorry. <laughs> Even I, we get brain farts sometimes. Amen. Five, two. Five loaves, two fish, right? Wow, good. <laughs> Love it. All right, Luke chapter 8, verse 39. Again, it's, the, it's another version, but from Luke. It says, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And this is the part that's added, well, with Luke. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city, how much Jesus had done for him, right? Um, we are saved so we can introduce others to Jesus, amen? The problem for every believer, though, once we are saved, it doesn't go past that a lot of times. Uh, sorry for my language, but I was just literally, it's, 
constipated Christianity. Like stuff goes in and nothing comes out. You know what I mean? Like we got we to gotta let that river of life flow through us. Amen? I mean, if this will help you to get an image, and I apologize, but I mean, I, I got to say it like it is. We got to let the Holy Spirit move through us and, so we can continue preaching and sharing the gift of the Lord. Amen? Um, the challenge, again, then becomes how do we transfer the new life that Jesus has given us inside of us right into and bring it to this world, right? Uh, every Christian who is born again has Jesus inside of them, okay? I'll, I'll, this is more like a, a teaching aspect of thing. I want to just reassure you, okay? We are spirits who have souls and live within the body. Pretty given, right? It's important now that um, that the Christian is not, to understand that Christian is not their soul, but we are a spirit, okay? And this is what I want to focus on a little bit today to understand that because our soul uh, connect, it's connected to our flesh. And a lot of time our soul gets in the way. And by God's grace, I'll be able to explain that. So um, someone who doesn't have a born-again spirit, they live out of their soul. They just talk about like, oh, I just feel this, right? Um, in other words, they're ruled by their emotions. Uh, and they rely on their emotions to guide them in life. They really do. But how many know... <laughs> Emotions, our feelings are so deceiving. They change within a second. They can change within just one tune of your favorite song from high school playing. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah. It's true, right? You hear people talking about, like, I have good feeling about them. <laughs> and later on, they're like, I will never talk to that person again. Right? They radiate good vibes. <laughs> you hear those feelings, right? Those phrases. Not like my soulmate. I, I love those. I hear that sometimes. Like my soulmate. I'm like, you have not been married yet. What love is, right? Love endures. Love perseveres. It's so much beyond the feelings. Come on, everybody who's married, we know, right? <laughs> right? But feelings are like a bad boyfriend or a girlfriend. They're so inconsistent. You know, things can just, uh, you simply cannot trust them. I've learned to... Um, disconnect myself from them and oftentimes when you get to the point you're like oh I have a good feeling about this I begin to just be very careful slow to speak and be like I'm gonna wait a little bit right and then you realize I'm like oh I'm so glad I didn't just blurt it out and told them this and I opened up my heart to them um, because they could have some people you know they'll hear something and they'll, they'll use it against you but in all of your ways acknowledge him right again he will direct your path so be careful so we're talking about soul versus feelings and what that is, right? Um, scripture warns us about it. And I really, it's a pretty good warning. And it talks about how much it opens doors when we begin trusting our feelings, right? James chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, okay, this is all connected to your emotions. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from the heaven, but earthly, unspiritual. And what does it say next? Demonic. All right? Can we get to that real quick? We're on the verse 15. So James, I want to make sure we see. There we go. All right, we see it. Um, for where you have envy and selfish ambition. Again, it talks about your selfishness, about your feelings and just getting it back at people. All of your emotions, your soul things, right? For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. People that are driven by their souls, by their feelings, get to that thing. And a lot of times, 
people that become demonically possessed is because they opened up their souls to the wicked spirits and they they said i will never forgive somebody i will have you know do you know what they've done like and you you see that there's it's almost like a rage within them right yeah. all right so this opens up to the demonic and this is where people literally when they begin to get confused and satan really disrupts their mind we hear about gender confusion who am i am i a bird i kind of mentioned that the last couple of times right and people are like, you can be whatever you want to be. You're a little girl. And this, I saw this one time in the news, some Australian guy. He's like 45 years old, overweight, beard. And he's like, and he started putting on makeup and says, I'm a five-year-old. I identify as a five-year-old. I mean, it's funny, but at the same time, it's very, very sad. Because this is where, it's, where it happens. Uh, people open up these doors and they become, uh, and, and the, the confusion comes, Right? But how many know when you invite Christ in your, in your life, things can really clarify. Things, uh, people, when the, and I believe there's salvation for absolutely every person, you know, even the whoever, gay, homosexual, transgender, God can really transform their lives. And I've seen it. I've, I've got a chance to actually listen to the, one of my friends' interview with him. And he talks about those things. And he talks about it started just with little things like just being angry at somebody. And then I was angry at my parents. And then I did this. And he's like, and it's just a snowball effect into complete confusion. Right? It became pretty much like a, a, a woman, like actually an appearance of a woman. But God came into the life. At some point, he, there was just a message because there's one person. There's one person that just saw him at the store, came up to them. And they were felt by the Holy Spirit to tell, hey, you know, the Lord loves you. He's like, and I don't know what it is, he said, but something happened. The Lord really touched him. And he's just like, who are you? And he's like, here's my number. You can call me anytime. Uh, my door, uh, the, the doors of my house are open for you. And that person goes to church. Not only that, gets delivered, set free, and now has a family, has kids. I mean, God can do all those things. We need to be prepared for this time like this. But God is preparing us to continue to share our testimony, to speak life to people. Amen. Amen. So I think, uh, in my understanding, our spirit is like a conduit for our relationship with God. Okay? So again, we're talking about soul versus, um, soul versus faith. All right? But this is where God communicates with us in the spiritual realm aspect of us. Okay? Uh, not our soul. I'm laying this important foundation is because, um, so that every believer understands that we are to be guided and be living out of a place where God deposits the information which is the spirit, it's not our soul, right? Every person who has received Christ is a new creation, right? In 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, and the nature of God now pretty much resides in them. So we put on the image of Christ, and all of a sudden things begin to clarify, and we begin to move confidently. But that's the aspect of our spirit where we begin to see growth and development. We begin to identify, those are feelings, that's faith. Faith over feelings, faith over feelings. And all of a sudden, the clarity comes and confidence comes in. And you begin to boldly share the gospel because you're relying on faith, not your feelings. I bet every time you wanted to tell somebody about Jesus, your feelings are like, they're fine. Somebody will tell them about Jesus. You're right. God will find somebody else. But why miss this opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. So our soul gets in the way. We want to talk about Jesus, and then the soul is connected to our body, and I'll explain this. Because you're saying, maybe based on this, how can I release what's in my spirit? 
if my soul and body is in the way, right? Um, let's, discuss, let's discuss briefly this process, right? From how it goes from your spirit through your soul into your life, okay? Um, I'll use an example. Maybe silly example, but I, I really was trying to find a good example for us to understand how a soul gets in the way of the spirit. Um, the garage door. Like, let's say you have a vehicle in the car, right? A vehicle in the garage. The garage door is your soul, and the car is your spirit, right? You have to open the garage doors to get the car out, right? In the same way, if the soul is not dealt with first, um, what's in their spirit will stay trapped, okay? Um, it will be there. Meaning what God has done for you, you could be there. It's a good thing. It could be a Ferrari. I mean, like when God really does something nice for you, like you have a nice vehicle, like you have a nice story. Like that's your testimony, right? But it's in the garage. And so, but you have this barrier, right? Like you have to open the garage door, right? So um, person can be taking selfies with it, knows what God has done. But if he doesn't drive out, nobody will know, Right? If you don't drive it, people's like, hey, you can be taking selfies, whatever. I'm at church, praise God. Another Sunday, another person is randomly scrolling through like, hey, it would be great to imagine like, it would be great to hear his story. But you are in the garage, all right? So our testimony needs some wheels. All right, I'll try to explain it. So that's the difference. So the, we need to learn how to use our garage opener, right? Which is the cross in my opinion. What cross has done for you is enough to tell, to open up and say, Lord, you have done this in my life. I'm going to go tell about it. I'm going to tell everybody about it, right? Yeah. Amen. John chapter 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 25. Because oftentimes what happened, um, we just, we love our life so much. We're like, I love my life. This is great. I don't want to move anything. All is awesome. Um, but the scripture actually tells us the opposite, that we shouldn't love our lives. John chapter 12, verse 25, uh, whoever loves his life loses it. Again, we're talking about upside down kingdom, right? And whoever hates his life in this world. So it specifies what they're talking about. We're talking, but we're not loving of any worldly things, right? Um, we'll keep it for eternal life. Again, whoever lo loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Um, I want to say it like this. Obsessing over your life restricts our, our, our spiritual life. Like as that garage door that restricts the car. Okay? Um, so if we don't lose our life for the Christ's sake, if we don't really release it all to Him, we can't, re um, we can't really res uh, release the resurrected life of Christ, what God has done in us. Amen? So look at this. John chapter 12 verse 24 Again, he talks about this as the same version of passage, but John chapter 12, 24 through 25. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. So here you are, stuck in the garage, but you know. But if it dies, <laughs> if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in the world, in this world, will keep it for eternal life. Um, in farming, when a farmer plants a seed right into the ground, uh, he is losing his seed, yes, but he's gaining a harvest, right? So uh, in the same way, when you choose to surrender, we are choosing the eternal over temporary. 
All right? Then we're not letting our soul just like, oh, yeah, this is good. And we're just flowing with this world. And this is what Satan wants to do. He just wants us to just distract us. Just, just shut your mouth. Just let everybody be. Don't talk to anybody about Jesus. It's great that Jesus did in your life. But, like, just keep that to yourself. Right? No. This is when we begin to start talking about it. And that's when the Holy Spirit begins to drive us into our destiny. Because we are all called. We are all called to preach the gospel, right? It's not just me or anybody else here who preaches or talks about it sometimes from the stage. It's all of us. Amen? So the, the greatest hindrance to living the life with the, uh, we dream of is that we're not willing to give up the life that we currently live sometimes. That's what happens, right? We're just very comfortable with where we're at. And, um, and of course, I totally understand, there's always also a fear of giving up the comfort, right? Like Egyptians were stuck in Egypt. And, and God is like, hey, I want to bring you all out. Like you, you're getting whipped. You're getting, you know, limited with what you have. But you will, enough to sustain. So it's past, which I already know. And that's why people sometimes in relationships, they're sitting in bad relationships. And they can't give up their old one. They just keep tracking back because they, th- th- that's what they know. And they don't know what's out there, right? So that's what happens in our life. A lot of times, God is like, hey, I want to move you out, but you're just stuck to this current position of the comfort. And like, but God is like, I can give you more. I can grow and I can develop you. And I can just see what I can do through you. Like the Lord is talking to all of us today. He's like, I can do so much more than you can imagine. Amen? So... Again, if I'm giving up my soul, I'm not losing it like I do uh, at a funeral, right? It's not the kind of thing we're talking about. I'm investing it like a farmer, all right? Dave Ramsey said, if you will live like no one else now, later you can live and give like no one else. That applies to financial, physical, (laughs) spiritual. That's a really good quote. I really like that. If we begin living our life seeking God and giving up certain things and things like that and begin to focus on Christ, watch what happens. Watch what happens later. The fact that you're spending time with your kids in prayer, the fact that you're reading the word of God with them, those things, it's like seeds. Then next thing you know, kids grow up and who they choose in their life depends because they're being a reflection of what you do at home. So early on, I continue to say that we have a lot of kids here. We have youth, and I'm really excited for the new season. But let's continue to do that. Let's continue moving that, right? God has given us so much. But we're gaining by losing, by not comparing ourselves to this world. Amen? Hallelujah. So last message I preached about, I talked about to kill a mocking flesh, right? I spoke about the crucified life and what it does. So it kind of goes in that reference of our spiritual development. When our old man was crucified, um, it was nailed to the cross. Jesus did not crucify our soul. I want to point that out, right? He crucified our old nature. There's a big difference, right? The soul is still intact. It's there. Um, And as a result, our goal as a Christian is not necessarily mental health because we are a spirit, right? We live out of our spirit, Mental health has its thing in place, absolutely, and that is very important. However, I notice this, oftentimes when the spiritual health is in order, so is mental health. When people turn to the Lord, 
when they begin seeking him, God gives supernatural abilities to overcome anger, to overcome a lot of those things. Because a lot of times people can talk all they want, all they want. They can keep confessing it and they, they feel better at the moment, but it's temporary until Christ comes into their life. And all of a sudden they're like, where is this strength come from? My strength comes from the Lord. I can go and hug them right now. I can bless them. I, numerous stories. I mean, I myself personally, I had some kids who were mean to me when I was in middle school. And I later, I promise you, this is not long ago, but I like at Eagle Eye Storage, I, I see this fellow and he comes in and he was like just super mean to me. <laughs> Man, I'll just say his first name, Robert. Nothing against you, Robert. I know that's a, that, you changed my perspective of Robert. <laughs> Thank you, Robert, folks. <laughs> I love it. But no, like he comes in and I'm like, huh. and I immediately just remembered him. And I said, Robert, and I called him by his last name. And you could see, like, it startled him. He kind of, like, almost wanted the book out of them. I was like, how's it going, man? And I just began just talking to him and just how, and I'm like, man, I love your truck out there. How are you doing? And you could see he's just all of a sudden closed up, closed up. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, hold on a second. Let me make you some coffee. Like, make the whatever. And I'm like, here you go. He's like, he's just like, Ugh, what's going on? Like, you know, <laughs> love of Christ. You know, of course I could have remembered him bullying me and things like that and making fun of me. But like, when Christ is in you, you're like, man, I want this same for you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so awesome because later he's just like, I cannot believe it. And he just like, he was very quiet, introverted kind of thing. And he just walked out on the truck and I, sat, I saw him sitting there. And I had a little bit of gifts too. Like, uh, and I hooked him up with some like stuff, like a nice water bottle and hat. And he, um, and he just, I, I saw him because through the window, I can see him. He's just sitting in the truck like this. Like, <laughs> he's like, what just happened, right? But I'm telling you, when, when the Lord is, uh, when you acknowledge God in all of your ways, when Christ is in you, he gives you the supernatural things, abilities to do things like not the, how this world teaches. Because the world teaches you like, pay him back. They don't deserve that. Right? And Jesus is like, hey, they hit you on the right cheek, get on the left cheek. Come on. <laughs> it's the love of Christ, amen? So, our soul caters to our flesh. Therefore, the source of our hindrance, that's the hindrance, is the, you know, the, technically the soul is the hindrance in our Christian walk. Um, the blessing, prophetic words, you know, destiny, calling, purpose, everything that God has promised for us, right, is trapped in the garage of our spirit, Okay? And, and our soul is the garage, all right? I'm just reminding us, just reflecting on it so we get the main points here because I, I was pretty pumped getting off track here and there. But, <laughs> but we must learn to use our garage door opener, right? It's called the cross. A disciple is not somebody who just gives up his sin for Jesus. It's somebody who gives up his soul for him. Because he gives everything, right? Everything that's connected to this world, amen? So in the first stage, we repent, of our sin, we receive our salvation. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All of us experienced that, right? A lot of us did. And if you didn't, don't worry about it. We will bring to pray together at the end. In the second stage, you grow out of a believing into following Christ. Not, not just you believe that, oh, I believe God. I believe Christ, that he's, he was there. But it's to follow him. Okay? Which means you require, it requires you to giving up your soul so that your spiritual life can freely move out of the garage doors of your life amen so but let me point out 
when God breaks certain things in your life, what God breaks, God blesses. He does. And some of the things, some of the hardest thing for me, I was like, I could not overcome on my own strength. But I surrendered it to God and I said, God, break this. I'm just tired of waiting on this, uh, the soul of just this thing or like unforgiveness. Whatever it is that you have in your life right now, God can break it. He can bless you. Trust me, you, you gain by losing it. Gain through loss. Gain through loss. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 19. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. There was. Should I just looked at my scripture? <laughs> and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. Notice that he blessed and broke. There's so much symbolism. There's so much things that involved in every action that Jesus did. I'm talking about breaking right now, right? Um, he blessed and broke. And gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. Amen? And then we also see that reference. And I'll point that out. It wasn't in my notes. But God is trusting you because he said, you give him something to eat. Right? Jesus is like, you have it. Here it is. I'll multiply. But you give. You feed the people. Amen? But the secret to seeing your destiny utilized for God is brokenness. Gain through loss. Again, this is different from, uh, again, I want to point out, from a broken life. Not, not that kind of brokenness. You know, when we talk about people that are, like, broken in their life and just everything. We're talking about, uh, like, our breaking of our soul, right? There were three men on the cross, but only one of them was there because he was broken, right? The others were there because of their disobedience. And uh, oftentimes what happens is, actually, we can end up in the same situation um, for a different reason. You know, we can end up being just as broken as well if we're not cautiously paying attention to the difference between our soul and our feelings and our faith. So brokenness means, as Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done, right? This is where you're acknowledging God in all of your ways. But most of us, what we would like and prefer our will to be done with the Lord's blessing. Like, Lord, I'm going to go there and just please bless me. I'm going to go there, and we're just walking around. God is like, okay. Um, there's a difference because we just want it to be done our way. Brokenness is asking God's will to guide you in your life. Amen? So the goal for us as believers is not to get God to bless our will, right? But to join the will he has for us. There's a very big difference. When you're following Christ... Or when Christ is like trying to keep up with you, where, where, where are you going? <laughs> right? And all of a sudden we hit rock bottom. We're like, Jesus, what happened? Come on, man. I'm like, well, you did it. What well, went your way. Did things on your own. So what we're carrying cannot survive without submitting, without the breakingness, right? To the lordship of Jesus and the God-given authority that God has placed in our lives. And uh, I reason that I want to point that out because some people are like just continue hopping churches like from there to there to there. In fact, I even told people, I'm like, hey, and I've mentioned here a few times. I'm like, you find a perfect church, don't go there. It's no longer going to be perfect <laughs> because we're all, all, a bunch of us are imperfect people. Amen. So we need to change our attitude, not the church. <laughs> it's the word of God that changes us. Amen. And that's what changes our perspective on people. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, I understand this person. I understand him. And I see his story. 
And all of a sudden, God gives you the ability to talk to people and bring life to them. Amen? So let's humble ourselves. It's not about our feelings. It's about our faith and our destiny, right? First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Okay? Again, talking about breakingness, talking about gaining through loss, setting things down and saying, Lord, I'm going to set this down. I'm going to pick up my cross. I'm going to go confidently with it, right? Amen. Amen. What I love about God and our, just our Savior is that he doesn't uh, deal with us based on where you are, but he deals with us with where you're going. Does that make sense? So based on not where you are, but on where you are going. And you cannot get that calling from within you, right? Until you get through the process of brokenness. That's the cross. Don't blame God and miscarry his calling for you. All right? Let's stand to our feet. There's only one process. Take up your cross, deny yourself, right? And follow Jesus. It's not complicated. Because you belong to Jesus. Amen? Let's just bow our heads. I know there's God has been speaking to some hearts here. And God is in this place right now. He wants to touch your heart. He wants to change you. Take that first step of faith. And say, Lord, I'm coming before you. I'm laying down. I'm just sitting at your feet. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.